Hello, and welcome to RD and the Inbetweens. I'm your host, Kelly Priest, and every fortnight I talk to a different guest about researchers, development, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of RD in the Inbetweens. We're back again talking about the Viva and specifically about corrections and outcomes post Viva. This episode is all about major corrections. Now there's a lot of anxiety around major corrections that what it means in reality that it's something terribly bad as an outcome and hopefully the experiences of two of our graduates Dr Nicole Morrissey and Dr Victoria Omotosho will allay some of those fears and actually help you understand what major corrections are in reality and that it's really not so bad. Okay so I'm Nicole Morrissey. I did my PhD in medical sciences or uh, more specifically neuroscience and now I'm a postdoctoral researcher at the Medical Research Council in Harwell. Fantastic so the, the big question is, um, when you, after you did your Viva, what kind of uh-huh. corrections did you get? Um, so while I was in my Viva, because I had what's known as one independent learning plan, um, they kind of, they, I was just, it was described to me that my corrections were kind of like minor, but with extra time or minor slash major. Well, officially on paper, I got given major corrections. So that meant that I had, what, like six months to do the corrections rather than three months. Yeah, exactly right. And I think what you've raised there is a really, really important um, important way in which minor and major corrections are used, which is that it's about yeah. the time that it will take you to do the corrections. And there's all sorts of reasons why people have what might be classified as minor corrections, but they get major corrections to give them the time to do them. You know, lots of people who are already working and therefore can't work on the corrections full time or that, you know, there's all, you know, there's all sorts of reasons. And of course, having an individual learning plan that mean you're not able to do it in that period of time. And it's really about the time it will take you to do the corrections rather than the corrections themselves how did they talk to you in the Viva and afterwards about what specifically they wanted you to do? So through the Viva we kind of just started so mine was during the lockdown so it was um, virtually so we were kind of all of us looking at our screens I had two screens set up and one with the thesis and one with the examiners and we were just going through the, the thesis just like a chapter by chapter going through it and just discussing um what I did and what they kind of they thought maybe needed to be corrected on so I made notes as I was um, going through it Um, but also then afterwards it took it was about it was probably three or four weeks after the vibe I received the official documentation which is what when the examiners have written down um, what the corrections are how specific were they about in in that kind of that list that they sent you about what you needed to do to get the PhD? Um, most specific. I mean, they wrote down what the the page number 
of what their point that they were like making and whereabouts in the page, like first paragraph, second paragraph, halfway through the second paragraph. Um, so that made it quite easy to sort of go through one by one and um, correct it. But it was at least clear to you what the expectation of the examiners was. Yes. And I think that's where a lot of the anxiety for people comes is they think that it's not going to be clear what they need to do and that it might, you know, be open to huge amounts of interpretation, whereas actually examiners tend to be pretty, pretty clear and pretty specific about what it what is needed. Yeah, like I felt like it was kind of like a to do list that I went through and sort of ticked mm. things off. Yeah, I like that kind of concept of it. So when you. So, you, you know, you tackled your corrections, you talked to your supervisors, you did the kind of ticked off the to-do list. Mm -hmm. when, you, when you finished that, what happened? What did, how did you resubmit the thesis? So I had to email the um, postgraduate admissions office and tell them that I was ready to resubmit. And similarly to how I submitted it in the first place, um, they gave me a link to an online folder where I uploaded it in both um, Microsoft Word and PDF format because I thought both might be helpful. <laughs> and what happened then? Did you, how long of a wait did you have before you actually you heard that the corrections had been accepted? Um, well, I had quite a long wait. Um, I ended up having to like ask about what was happening. I think because it was a mix of the pandemic and I was submitted my corrections probably at the end of May so then it was also the summer and people were away so I didn't find out about my corrections until um beginning of August wow wow, wow. so it was quite a few months um and then I had a second set of corrections to do okay so this is so this is something that people often ask about is if you know submit if you submit the first set of corrections what if they come back with extra things so can you talk a little bit about about that about how how you got that extra set of corrections what kind of things they were how you approached it um yeah so it was i don't know frustrating was the little the right word or disappointing yeah. but um when i went through like the the examiner's report of the um, second set of corrections, it became like clear to me that they had read the entire thing pretty much or most of it again. Wow. And most of the corrections were just spelling errors and then a few suggestions um, to change um, like statistical tests or um, corrections to my st statistical analysis and a couple of things that I didn't really make clear during my first set of corrections. So I kind of went through and was able to appreciate like the, like the effort and help that the examiners had mm. provided to sort of, to make it the best that my thesis the best that it could be. And I think also having quite a bit of a break between <laughs> submitting my second corrections and I was submitting my first corrections and receiving the second lot, I was able to look through my thesis in a, with a clearer mind mm. um, and actually kind of it made it a lot easier to kind of get into a good um, into like you know the, the best sort of version of it, it can be yeah. and so although it was maybe disappointing I kind of it, it was again another sort of good learning experience and 
it made it a lot better than it was from the um, first set of corrections. Absolutely. And so how did that how did that kind of happen? Did they email you and say, look, we've got a few more few more corrections we want you to do before we can pass it? And then how long did you did you have to do those second set? Um, yeah, so I got another email sort of similarly like before saying that. So yeah, it was like before that um, I got an email, I can't remember exact wording, they said um, something like subject to like further corrections or something. Yeah. And again, it was like a, a to-do list again, but a lot smaller. Yeah. And I was given four weeks okay. um, to finish, complete them in. And you said they were kind of mostly typing, spelling, yeah. like really yeah. tiny bits of work. Yeah, which is kind of, I, I remember seeing on Twitter recently, um, like a, a meme, not really a meme, but like a, a, a picture with words um, saying, you know, that not to worry about, um, or make, going through your thesis to make sure the spelling's perfect, but then the examiners aren't actually going to read it. And I was like, well, <laughs> it was actually, it, spelling oh, was, was important. Yeah, and then my, my examiners definitely like, read it so yeah I was like mm, that's funny but it's also not not true, not true. <laughs> I think there's something really lovely that you said in there about the you know the the way in which the examiners approached the thesis and the level of detail that second time um, around that they read it that they that you what you the way that you talked about it seemed to be with like a kind of that there was real there was real care from the examiners in, in yeah. your thesis I mean, I had, a, I, I really enjoyed the Bible. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it was a good chat about my PhD work. And I mean, my examiners, which are, I mean, it's kind of like, I think the way you look at it, it it's all a learning process. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think it's to be appreciated the kind of the time and effort that the examiners put in. Um, because it's it's towards your own development absolutely and I think you know it goes back to the kind of thing that we always tell people which is that you know your examiners want you to pass mm. they they want you to pass and to pass and produce the best thesis that you can that you can produce at that point in time and and you know that's everybody's goal not just yours their yeah. job isn't to catch you out in any way exactly yeah um, one thing that I often get asked by people um, about major corrections is if having had major corrections somehow negatively affects your opportunities that come after the PhD. And I, I have a very specific answer to this um, mm -hmm. and a very brief answer. But I wondered if if you as somebody that, you know, has has been through it could talk or just comment on if there's any kind of impact long term from having had major corrections I mean I I don't think so so I mean I got my postdoc position before, yeah. like before I'd actually submitted my thesis mm -hmm. so um it didn't impact that and I can't see it I'm, I'm like applying for new positions now and I can't see it impacting um, me here because it's not something that you generally list in your CV or nope. and if someone asks you you kind of got a question why they're asking you because 
it's not like with other exams, university or school exams, it's not really a very standardised because it really just depends on the examiners you have and how, like, I guess, what they what they think should be um, corrected or not. So it, it is very, like, subjective and very much depends on the vibe or on the examiners. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what I tell people, that everything that you said, that it, you know, when it actually comes to getting out in the world, nobody really asks or, exactly. or, or in yeah. fact cares because yeah. you've got a you've got a PhD or whatever research degree you've been doing, you know, you you've it's it's not like a first a two one or two two, it's pass or fail. <laughs> mm. It's 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 that simple. And so once you're through that system, it doesn't matter if you got major corrections. And, and I think it's important to take some of the stigma away from corrections being a negative thing because corrections are actually a quite normal thing. Um, hi, my name is Victoria Amotasho. Uh, I did my PhD in theology and my research was looking specifically um, at audience reception of Jesus in film. So looking at audiences in uh, South Africa and in the UK and how they respond to Jesus in films. Um, and currently I am working um, as a lecturer, teaching both theology and uh, media as well, media studies. Fabulous, thank you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, a little bit about your Viva experience, but particularly um, what, you, what you had in terms of corrections after the Viva, whether they were classified as major or minor, and um, how the examiners talk to you about those corrections in, in the Viva. Yeah, so um, my Viva experience uh, happened in 2020. So obviously it was during the time of, you know, heightened kind of COVID restrictions. Um, so it was an online Viva, which actually was, did not actually detract anything away from the overall experience. It was a lovely engagement, even online, um, and my examiners were lovely and gracious and I had, um, you know, good support in terms of kind of prepping for what that might look like. So the Viva in itself went well. Um, and then when I think the next phase, when I returned back into the virtual room, um, I was given major corrections and major corrections it was classified as because of the time they had given me. Um, I was given six months um, in terms of the nature. And, and you have to remember, everything is kind of specific to the nature of your research and of what they require of you. So of course, everyone's kind of specific, um, specific recommendations will be different. But in my personal case, um, it was to kind of go back on one thing, but they had given me enough time to gather all the extra um, extra kind of literary resources that I needed to do it. Um, and at first it was a bit harrowing because I wasn't sure about what that meant. Like, you know, do I get a PhD or, you know, what has happened? But it was only after <laughs> a few kind of frantic calls uh, to my supervisor and to um, kind of the chair. So there's always like a chair that you know sits in um, even online um, they were able to kind of explain properly what the process of those corrections meant um, which then after I was a bit more calm um, <laughs> and not too worried about like I will get my PhD but this is just what they require 
And, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it a better PhD at the end. So don't be like so disheartened when you feel like you have major corrections because the examiners at the end of the day do just want your best art, you know, just wanting your best interests. And um, it will make a more stronger PhD at the end of it. Yes, yeah, so, and I think that's really important what you just said there, because people do hear major corrections and they sort of shudder slightly because what they're imagining for major corrections is, is a rewrite of the PhD, so, oh, yeah. which is not in any way what it is. And like you, like you so um, rightfully put it, it's much more to do with the time it, take, it will take you to mm. do the work. Um, and so because you get you know, up to three months for minor corrections and up to six months for major. So I wondered if you could say a little bit more about what your correct what your corrections were, what, what kind of work that you had to do. Yeah. So, yeah, like like you said, it was about the time. So I was given six months. Essentially, it was all on one chapter. It was one. I mean, I wrote six chapters and they were fine with the other six, but it was one chapter um, that they really wanted me to hone in on to get more kind of, you know, more um, kind of scholarly knowledge about the field. And it was, you know, it was on a chapter on whiteness and whiteness in film. And of course, you know, this kind of day and age, you need to be up to date anyway <laughs> with those kind of, if you're gonna kind of go for those kind of topics. So um, in, a, in a self, that's what they told me to do. They gave me a list of books, a list of authors to go and resource um, and add those list of authors to my, um, existing bibliography um, and add that already to the work I had already done. So it's important to note that it is having major corrections, A, is the time. So, you know, by the time you resource it, six months goes quite quickly, actually, in terms of resourcing the authors, getting to different libraries, getting the books you need, and then taking the time to actually read through them and, you know, edit what you need and take and, you know, just kind of reshifting things around. Um, six months goes by really quickly. So it was really helpful to actually have those six months. In three months, I think it would have been a bit of a scramble. Um, so with the major corrections on the six months timescale, it actually was very helpful. And um, yeah, just even my own like personal like health, health issues as well, that helped me also spread it out more, um, especially for, you know, people that have kind of, you know, different things, life is just, really hectic sometimes. So having that extra time actually was a blessing because you, you were able to kind of spread it out a bit longer and make sure that you do the work properly, um, you know, in the time that, that he had given you. So that was essentially what my corrections were. It was to add more, um, more kind of literary uh, works to what I had already written. Um, so that is what I spent six months doing, looking for the books, getting the books and reworking um, parts of that chapter that had now had all these new, um, more updated authors uh, into them. Yeah, and, and so, you know, the overall sort of, from the sounds of it, the correction you had to do was to kind of further develop the literature in one chapter. But also, it, it seems from what you're saying that they didn't just say that as the correction, they were actually very specific in what, what they wanted you to read and to incorporate in developing the this kind of scholarly debate in that chapter. Could you say a little bit more about, about how prescriptive they were or weren't about what they wanted you to do? Yeah, yeah. So um, about a month after the Viva, uh, you know, the PhD report will come through. Um, so the report, of course, gives a very detailed description 
um, of what they wanted. So there was kind of point one, um, you know, uh, there's a few other points actually, apart from the one chapter, they wanted me also to um, add a bit more of my own personal views. So kind of my own uh, positionality in the research. So kind of, I mean, I added it, but, <laughs> um, I added about like a two, maybe three paragraphs but they wanted more. And the thing is, it was really good because then I was able to actually sit down and end up writing six extra pages talking about myself. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, from three paragraphs to six pages of my positionality, which is what they wanted, you know. So at the end of the day, it makes, you know, like I said, the end result makes for a much stronger PhD. Um, so that was the other thing that they wanted me to do apart from the chapter, but it was all very detailed. It was like, you know, speak more about your positionality um, in this research. And then kind of these are the authors that we'd like you to add. Um, you know, if you're going to talk about, you know, having more as well, you know, they were like add more, you know, BAME authors. And they gave me names and books, specific books and authors to kind of go and seek out. Um, so, you know, they were, they were quite gracious in the fact that, you know, they'd taken the time to actually say, okay, it's not just you know, go and add more, but actually these are the books we want to see. Um, and these are the names we want to see to make sure that, that you have kind of covered all the bases of what we had asked of you. So um, they were very detailed in that respect. And then of course you always get, those are the major ones. And then you always just get, you know, the little kind of, uh, you know, minor grammatical ones that they put there. There was not many of those, but, you know, they also add that, to the overall report in terms of, oh, you know, you could have made the sentence a bit shorter here or, you know, add a comma there. Those kind of just like minor ones. Um, but overall it was, you know, it was helpful to kind of just go through each point and say, okay, this is what they want. Um, and then kind of respond to that. Uh, and, you know, there were, there were moments where you could, where, you know, you could, I guess, kind of push back a bit and, you know, ask the examiner as well, you know, this is what, this is what I meant when I said this kind of things like that. So, you know, it is, it is, you know, a dialogue anyway, that's going on. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like I said, like we're all, all working towards the same goal, which is, um, you know, to have an end product that you will be proud of, your supervisor will be proud of, and the examiners themselves, like, you know, will be just really happy to be like, okay, they've done the work. Um, that they that we told them to do and they've done it so um yeah that was just the main kind of process of just kind of going through that report step by step um with that as well and it was great because my supervisors also obviously they get a copy of the report as well so you know for the next six months it was just the three of us really just going through this report and making sure that we kind of ticked all the all the boxes that they wanted so that was made it easier because you're like okay Point one, they wanted this. Have we done that? Yeah. Point two, they wanted this. Have we done that? So it was just a, you know an easy list to kind of just go through and make sure that you've ticked the boxes, and then you could kind of submit those corrections with confidence, knowing that you've answered all their questions. Yeah, and I think that was you know, like you say, it's not it's it's not as generic as you need to develop the literature in this chapter. It's you need you know, and it's not even as. <laughs> As, as vague as you need to include more Bay authors it's actually a, a you know a list of people for you to go oh, yeah. about and think about including and I think that that's you know that's what's really important um for people to to know is that 
you're getting a level of specificity in this. They're going to be very, very clear and specific about what they, okay. what they want and need you to do yes. to enable you to get it to the level that will get you your PhD. What then happened with submitting those corrections? What, what was the process and how did you find out you know, whether or not they'd been approved? Yeah. Um, so the process, again, was pretty simple. It's pretty much the same way you'd submit it first time round. Um, you kind of submit them. I'm trying to just remember, did I submit? Yeah, I think I submitted one with the comments. So I, I kind of did kind of two versions of them where I had one where I'd kind of put the comments to say, okay, page 12, you know, line 16, it was because that's how they written the report. And I put there, oh, added this author, this author's now added. Um, so I had all the list of all those comments in there. And then I also had another copy that had no comments, but the corrections were made. Um, so I submitted um, the one anyway, just in case as a backup, um, the one that had no comments and I just submitted it. Um, exactly the same way to an email address, the same way I submitted the first one. Um, and then it's kind of a waiting game <laughs> uh, thereafter. Um, and then you kind of just get an email um, saying that you, you, you know, the examiners have reviewed your thesis and the exam board are happy to, you know, kind of, I guess, um, you know, award you uh, with a PhD. And that's it for this episode. Don't forget to like, rate and subscribe and join me next time where I'll be talking to somebody else about researchers, development and everything in between.